Hello, friend. Come in, come in. Yes, yes, we're not going to waste any time because today we're going to do something quite different from what we've been doing. Today, I'm going to pick up right where we left off. Give or take a few seconds. So, <clears throat> Article 11. Welcome to Makaro. We cut to reality, and Jesse's head falls. Klaus holds it up. His eyes are open. He is not there. Yep. No one is home. Klaus's tone immediately shifts, Wayland, into something you haven't heard before. Serious. Zakotas, now. On the bed. They get him into his bed. He had put his glove back on when he went outside. They try to undress him. Someone goes to get his gloves, and the hand grabs the wrist while he's unconscious and holds very tightly of whomever it is until they let go. Oh. Who is it? I think it would be fun if it was Wayland. It's Wayland. You feel an immensely strong grip on your wrist as you try to pull off his gloves. Ah! What is los? I don't know. He won't let me take it off. Then leave it. Ha! Let go. As soon as Wayland releases his grip, the hand releases. The rest of Jesse hadn't moved a single inch. I just lock eyes with Klaus. All right, we're, um, we're not going to worry about that right now. Dry it off as best you can. Yep. We are going to skip ahead to the next morning. So we're back on course now. Charles assumed control and got you guys back on course. There is no shifts right now. Everybody's on alert. Everybody's just been going and moving. The only person sleeping is Mama Coco, and it's not my choice. Yeah, Wayland is going to go to Charles. The moment that we cross paths. Charlie. Hi. Thank you, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't stand up for everybody, but in all fairness, it was your place to do it as commanding officer. Thank you. Bye. You guys get to Makaro. Okay. Raj shouts down, Officer on deck, I guess. Anybody? Who's down there? Oh, this is weird. This is an interaction that I'm not used to. <laughs> right? That's my line. <laughs> From the quarters you hear, Ira, oh, <laughs> Wayland's just like, Ira, what do you see? Um, I see goats. You see ghosts? No. Goats. With the horns and the eyes. Like bah. See. All right. I assume that means land as well. Otherwise, I'm very concerned about your state of mental health. See, I still be on this. I see them first. <laughs> and sure as Ursa is big, you see with your eagle eyes, there are goats. Not ghosts. Goats riding the waves. Have you ever seen a Capricorn? Yeah. That's what you see. What the fuck? And there is a rider among them. Holy shit. Cosette is standing next to you with a spyglass, because she doesn't have eagle eyes, and closes the spyglass. I think we look out, look at each other, look back out. <laughs> looks at you, Wayland. Looks back at the goats. I'm going to bed. <laughs> going to bed. And you just hear heavy step, soft step, heavy step, soft step, until she opens her quarters and closes. I need a moment. Evan, I'm sorry you're dealing with trauma right now, but that was fucking hysterical. <laughs> oh my god. I, <laughs> Wayland's just like, 
going back through his mind through any stories of mass hallucinations that he's heard of and just kind of shakes his head. Go- goat hole. A rider rides up on his goat in the water and they have a, a helmet on with goat horns and they pull their helmet up and it is a man of color with deep green eyes and a bright smile. He's got the reins of this sea creature and he looks up at you, Wayland. Oh, hi. You first, by all means. You look a little beat up. Yes, no, of course. Name's Waylon Greywall, Master at Arms of Florosa Blanca. We are the in spot of trouble. We're okay. I'm Kieran of Kisket, Master of the Makara. It's a pleasure to meet you. Sorry, I'm taking all of this in. Um, the Makara won't hurt you. They're vegetarians. Right, no, I... We don't really have docks, but you're welcome to cast your anchor. All right, will do. And he rides off into the waves. Thank you. Who's at the helm? Who is at the helm? Charles. Because if it's not Jesse, then it's Mama Coco. But Mama Coco is predisposed, so it's Charles. Charles has been up all night, has been leaning heavily on the helm, taking his weight off, rubbing his eyes. Those were goats. Ross, that just happened, right? See you, Alan. That that just happened. I'm glad we're all having the same hallucination. Right, follow the goats. Follow the goats. This way of rushes to the bow of the ship, one leg up. Follow the goats! <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you're out of commission. Just descent into madness. You follow the goats. They lead you into a kind of like shallow area where you can drop anchor. Jesse, I'd like you to wake up now. <laughs> he wakes up in quotations. I imagine that the back of the quarters where the window is shattered, it's like a foot and a half of planks before the windows. That wall is just gone too. So it's just floor and then the sea. So Jesse gets up and he stumbles and he grabs onto the table, preventing himself from falling out of the back of the rose. As he finds his hat somehow, gets it over the bandage that's partially covering his eye, grabs his coat and is surprised that his gloves and his shirt and his pants are still on. Holding on to the walls, he walks out and he is fucking limping like a lame horse. As you're heading to your door, you notice that there's a form sleeping up against it. Oh no. Good. You're finally awake. So Agnes was down below decks with Jory when all this was happening. She's got splinters still in her face, a huge gash and bruise on her shoulder, her shirt's torn. Her hair is sizzled in one place, curled and burned. Her left eye is just bloodshot. And she looks up at you and holds up her fingers and moves them left and then right and then down and then back to the left again. It's slow and not precise, but they follow. And then she snaps her fingers. Uh, Good morning. Why? Klaus wanted a response. Now that you're awake, I can go to bed. Good night, love. Agnes nods, opens the door, leaves, turns around, bows. He tips his hat slightly. And continues to walk across the deck. And he hobbles over to the main mast and it's just... Kieran, 
the lead Makara there, whistles, and on shore, two more Makara, which have harnesses and bits in their mouths and are hooked up to some kind of contraption, start riding the waves towards the boat, and they're bringing a dock with them. It's a floating dock that's attached to their reins, almost like a carriage, and they bring it up to the side of the ship. You hear Raza's ringing voice. Oh, no. Buenos manana, Capitan! Jesse raises his hand. And he drops down from his rope hammock. Puts his hand on his head. Oh. On his face. I, oh, I, uh... Puts his finger on Raza's lips. Slowly kind of falls down the bottom lip. I see it. Onto his chin and off. Shh. No more. We're using a top deck voice. Not a high-in-the-ropes voice. Yeah. See, Capitan. Thank you. We've arrived. See, um, there are many goats. Just so you're not surprised. They are apparently called the Makara. A fitting. See, would you like to go ashore in your... And he leans down and gestures over the side of the ship. Carriage? Yes, Raz. Your chariot awaits, Capitan. <laughs> and he climbs the ropes. I'll see you later, Capitan. Yeah, thanks, Raz. You're welcome, Capitan. Jesse composes himself as best he can. <clears throat> Wayland, are you up top now? Wayland is half awake and trying to shove one of Charlotte's cookies into Charles's mouth. Charles. I what? Charles, you've got to eat something. The, the fuck is... you got to eat it. What is it's it? It's cookies. Cookies? You've been in my fucking stash, haven't you, you piece no, of shit? No, this is my stash. Oh, you have a stash. <clears throat> oh. ah, blah. <laughs> you both just, like, fucking drunkenly, like... <laughs> Charles points, and because he's gotten up so fast, he lost his balance... <laughs> Helm just twists and he <laughs> falls off the side. Oh, God. Thank God we're not moving. Captain on deck. Good morning. Uh, good. Wayland pulls out his pocket watch and just checks it. Morning. Good morning, Captain. <sighs> are you all right? How are you? There's goats <clears throat> in the ocean. <clears throat> Wayland, <laughs> shut up. Ask me again in an hour. Let's go. Yeah, we're going. We're going. Charles, eat this cookie. And I just throw the cookie on Charles's face. He <laughs> <laughs> lands on his face. And you see his hand is like <laughs> patting for it. Finally lands on it and slides it over and shows it in his mouth. He just got crumbs on his face from when it landed on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I will follow after Jesse. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Amazing. Amazing. I love this episode. A shade then appears behind both of you. Good morning. Ah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Master Shade. Good morning. Willan, do not lie to our guest. <clears throat> right. Morning, Master Shade. You'll have to forgive the captain. You're aware of everything. Why am I saying that? Uh, we made it. In record time. Aye, and we are mostly half dead. That's pretty good. Shall we? We shall. Sure. Shade just steps up onto the railing and then just walks off and lands perfectly on the little raft thing. They are just gorgeous. 
Jesse's going to climb down the rope ladder. It takes him a sec, but he does it, grunting the whole time. Yeah, Leland just makes sure he's all right and then follows after. And you guys land on the little raft that are being driven by the Makara. Now, as the camera is waiting in the water as you guys are going down the rope, we can actually see the Makara up close. And it does have a goat's head, the ram's horns that are spiraled out. It looks much like how you would depict the Capricorn of the Zodiac. The hooves are constantly stamping on the waves as it's waiting in the water. The camera dips beneath the water as the waves are crashing over it, and we see the tail of the Makara, and it is a giant fish's tail, and they are brightly colored and opalescent as the sunlight starts to hit it from different angles. It's huge. It's the size of a normal horse, but fish body underneath. And as you land on the dock, Kieran, who is ahead of the two, clicks his tongue several times and gives a shrill whistle, and the Makara follow after him as his Makara leads the way. Now, the ride isn't terrible, but it is a little odd freestanding on this dock. Oh, Jesse is just like arm wrap around Waylon for stability. Otherwise, he would be in the drink. Yep. Shade is moving, but almost not moving at the same time. I think of like the video of the guys on the bridge and there's that one guy in the middle that as the bridge is moving, their body's just going with it. Yeah, exactly. Their feet are moving, but their upper torso is staying perfectly still. Yep, exactly. Shade has perfect balance. Fucking fame, man. I mean, we have sea legs, so technically we're good too. True. You guys get to the docks. Kieran dismounts his Makara and ties it off, much like how you would tie a rowboat to the dock. The Makara lays its head on a standing dock. How do you spell his name? K-I-E-R-Y-N. And the creatures are just called the Makara, right? Like the name of the island? Makara. Makara. Got it. He's rubbing the fur in between the eyes and is speaking in a hurry to it. Jesse, you pick up. Thank you very much. I appreciate you and everything you do. Who's a good boy? You're the best. And Makara looks very <laughs> delighted. Joe. No. If a Makara could smile, it would be beaming. Its goat eyes are like squinting. Uh, ugh, I hate goat eyes. Jesse is delighted. He unhooks the other two from the dock, and they just dive into the water. Welcome to Magaro. Reach out a hand. The one that's not holding Jesse up right now. He shakes your hand and offers his hand to Jesse. He reaches over with his other hand. Hi, <clears throat> Captain Jesse Nakansa. Kieran, the Makara master. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's my pleasure to meet you. And you are... Oh, there was a... There was a third with you, yeah? That would be Master Shade. They do that sometimes. Ah, very well. He just looks around. Master Shade, it's a pleasure to meet you. Welcome to Makara. (laughs) (laughs) He looks around. And he looks over at your ship, and as the camera pans over, one of the top masts just falls over. (laughs) You can hear Roz going, no, 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 please, no. (laughs) Oh, shit. No, 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 no. (laughs) <laughs> but it's caught in all the other ropes. Oh, no, Dios mío. <laughs> he looks for you too. Well, we have some business to take care of other than fixing up my ship, but we're taking it one step at a time. Fair enough. 
and if anybody needs ferrying back and forth from your ship, I would be happy to accommodate. I think we might need that at some point, for sure. We definitely have a few wounded, but they're being tended to. We might need certain medical supplies. If there's anything that we can purchase. He gestures over to the rest of the docks, and it's actually a thriving market. There are other ships that are docked similarly to yours. Everything's rendering in. That's it. It's the fog of war is clearing. Wayland, as he sees the market, reflexively eyes out for any sort of fruit stall. Yeah, there's a fruit stall. Absolutely. Just big smile across his face. There are plenty of ships in the dock. You see people dressed in pirate regalia, but not necessarily flying black flags. Shade's nowhere to be found, right? Shade is nowhere to be found. We'll catch up with them later. Hey, Captain, what's uh, first in order? Well, that's a great question. He's gonna pull the letter out of his pocket and open it with one hand. Did you... Fuck. That's the Whalen. Let's go and sit down. Jesse kind of needs the crystal to look through and he can't really use that right now. Right. Yeah. We'll go and find a place to sit down next to the fruit stall. I'm 100% looking for anything fun or interesting or something that I know that Charles and I would both enjoy sharing. There is a woman with bananas and mangoes as a hat and she's just grooving, humming to herself as she's making this weird looking drink. She's got two kukris, and she's carving up mangoes and bananas, peeling them in one fell swoop and (laughs) dicing them up, sliding them into a half coconut, and then taking a pestle, mashing it up, and then draining some kind of pink juice into it and handing it to whoever throws coins at her. Yeah, I will go up. Greetings. This looks wonderful. What is that drink you're making? She says something in Rahuri. I will look over to Jazzy. Not my expertise. <laughs> What's she say? She says it's the heart of Makaro. Uh, <clears throat> Wayland, that's a heart of Makaro. Wayland will go to take one of the gold buttons off of his jacket, realize that it's not there, and reach into his pouch. She stops you at a certain point. She actually pushes one back. I push it back forward. She looks over at Jesse and holds up two fingers, asking, do you want to? In Rahurian, he says, yes, please. She is speaking Rahuri to Jesse. Haven't seen you around. We just got here. What brings you to Makaro? Repairs and exploration of sorts. Aha. Well, there's plenty of exploring to be done in the jungle. She's having a full-blown conversation with Jesse as... She's doing her knife skills. It's one of those videos that you see that they know exactly what they're doing. And before you know it, Wayland, you can smell the fruit and the sweetness and the tanginess and the tartness hits your nose and it's delightful. And she passes you the two half coconuts. I will hand one to Jesse and start drinking. And I imagine it's wonderful. So you've had a strawberry banana smoothie before, yes? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Strawberry banana smoothie. The really smoothest kind. Almost liquid, but not super mush. You feel the seeds of whatever is in there. And you also taste mangoes, watermelon, and some strange tartness that you can't quite place. Oh, interesting. I would assume also coconut. Yes, also coconut. It is like a pink pina colada. Zoe, you are speaking my language right now. Oh, Charles is going to love me for this one. He can't have mine. 
of course, enjoy that game more. I'm fighting the urge, just inhale the entire thing, and I am taking my time. Main Riverine looks back to her and says, Don't mind my curiosity, but what place does religion have on this island of yours? Well, it depends. What kind of religion are you talking? And she looks at Wayland because you're very clearly Thayan. Oh yeah, I don't think I've actually mentioned this yet. Jesse, relative to our world, has the skin color of a Spanish man. He's sun-kissed. Like almost a caramel. Yeah, figured that we should establish that. You know, his mother's from Castile. Oddly, as someone who spends a lot of time in the sun, Wayland has the complexion of a ghost. He is very pale. Like, you can see the veins in his arms. He's very pale. This woman is very dark, and she looks over at Wayland and looks over at Jesse and says, This is a Rahuri Island. You're not going to find the Vatacene here or any kind of old gods from Thea. Why? And he scratches his head and sighs, and <sighs> Jesse has the crystal in his hand, and he looks at the map again and then holds it up to her. There is no look of recognition in her eyes. It's a pretty stone. Yeah, we're following a map. Ah, treasure hunters. Sure. Well, I can't tell you much about treasure, but I know those guys over there can. Jesse looks over. And there are a couple of pirates standing in a group. One of them has an eye patch, and he's got a Dracula parrot on his shoulder. For those listening, a Dracula parrot is terrifying. Look it up. Oh, it's spooky. It's very spook. Then we have Jesse with a hummingbird. No real hat, but he does have a bandana. And of course, it's red and black. Matches his parrot. Oh, I should probably mention that being the pale-ass man that he is, Wayland is 100% wearing his big ol' sun hat. Wayland's got a large-brimmed straw sun hat that Mama Coco made for him. And yeah, he's standing there with apparently his other crew, laughing and talking and having a good old time. Jesse looks to the smoothie maker. He catches her eye, nods in hurry. Thank you. This is quite refreshing. Welcome. Anytime. Wayland, um, I got him. I think we might have found a charge. Do you know where Shade went? Have you seen them since we got here? I've been keeping my eye out for Shade this whole time, seeing if I can spot them in the crowd. Oh. That's not a good sign. Did Charles mention we were getting paid for this? Uh, I thought he might have. In one way or another. <sighs> they are strange. Yeah. <clears throat> We'll figure something out. Yeah. Starts hobbling over to the pirates on the other side. They see you coming. You turn. And the man with the Dracula parrot holds his hand up as the parrot puffs up and gets really aggressive looking. Luciana was on your hat. She dives into your pocket and is poking her head out every once in a while. Just like, you want to go? You want to go? I'll take you. <laughs> he puts a little finger in his pocket and just gives her little head scratches. She calms down. This thing is rearing up and it's getting huge and screeches as you approach. Ah, ooh, that, that's loud. <clears throat> Good morning, friends. Morning. How do you do? Well, and you? <clears throat> Just fine. Thanks. You look a little worse for wear. Yeah, ask me about it later. <laughs> Yeah, we were just admiring the ships out here and sad to see one so beat up. I wonder what happened to it. Well, why didn't you ask? Oh, that's your ship. I... The White Rose got her ass beat pretty good on the waters yesterday. should see the other ship, though. 
really, you should see the other ship. He looks to Wayland and gives him a look of, shut the fuck up. Uh, I imagine so. You managed to make it out all right. Mostly. <laughs> Good thing we were heading this way. What can I do for you, gentlemen? Well, we are on the hunt. I'm somewhat of an explorer myself, and, well, I guess we're having a hard time with the map. I see. Well, it just so happens that we're also on the hunt. Oh? Aye. We're also having a bit of trouble deciphering something that was given to us. We're actually looking to see if we can find a, an expert of sorts. And a bit of serendipity. Yeah. Maybe we can help each other. Scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, aye? Sure. It's good to me. Hi. What is your map say? Well, and he holds out this tattered, waterlogged parchment and unwraps it and flicks it and hands it to you. It has some strange letters on it. Not quite sure what it means. Jesse, to you, it just looks like lines and dots. It just looks like gibberish. He holds it over to Wayland. What do you think? Wayland, this is Seely's script. Oh. Okay. All right. <clears throat> what does it say? It says, In the bushes we hide. Our bones are steel. Carry our fire, and we are revealed. Oh, okay. I'm going to look at the two gentlemen in front of us. What exactly are you expecting to find at the end of this? See, we're from Labuka. Don't know where that is. It's in Thea. Yeah, Buccaneers. We were told that there was something of great value here. Not just coins and money-wise. Like, anybody can go hunting for that. Sure. We're looking for things a little bit more of the otherworldly kind. And he taps his nose, if you get my meaning. I'm going to say, in Avalonian, choose your words carefully. I am. I'm going to. Are you folks aware of what you're getting yourselves into? Two of them immediately have raised eyebrows because they just heard you speak a language they don't understand. And the man with the parrot, as his parrot is getting more agitated, reaches up, grabs the beak, and you notice that the parrot is biting one of the fingers aggressively, but it's not phasing the guy at all. I, I do. Ah, shit. I will continue in Avalonian. What are your intentions? Because... If you know what you're getting yourselves into, I just want to make sure, one to another, there's not necessarily ill intent here. No ill intent at all. Do I believe him? I don't know, Waylon, do you believe him? <laughs> there's no rolling insight, my dude. Yep, there's no rolling insight. There is an advantage that allows you to see if somebody's lying to you, but I don't think you have it. All right. Your map, by the way, says, In the bushes we hide, our bones are steel. State your desires. And we are revealed. Oh, okay. All right. All right. You got that down? And one of them actually had a notebook and was ready and writing. I, I can't make heads or tails of it, so appreciate you. <laughs> it's an interesting tongue. And if you ever get the chance to explore it further, it's fascinating stuff. Holds out his hand. Oh, yeah. I hand it back to him. Rolls it back up and shoves it in his pocket. You helped us, so what are you having trouble with? Jesse says the first part of the riddle. In Makara, you will find one of those that is divine. A favor to the one that holds the heart of our beloved stone. Well, to the first part, 
Welcome to Makaro. Thank you. You know we're just a spit away from the new world, right? The gods walk among them, so... How do you mean? What do you mean, how do I mean? They... They are friends. Fair enough. The gods literally walk among the people in Atslan and the like. I haven't spent too much time there myself, ventures being what they are nowadays, but they live and breathe among the people. So there very well could be someone of divine lineage here. Now to this heart thing you speak of. We've also been hearing about this heart of Makaro. I'm not talking about the drink. The drink is good. Oh, it's great. I'm talking about some kind of artifact. Not quite sure if it's an actual heart or if... It's like a metaphor or something, yeah. These things are odd and ambiguous, and sometimes they don't even mean what you think they mean. I mean, yours is bizarre as well. Our bones are steel. What the hell does that mean? State my desire. I guess it depends on, like, what you're looking for. I guess. Anyway, more to the point. The heart of Makaro is... Your guess is as good as mine. Who knows? You know what they look like? What, the gods? No. I ain't never laid my eyes on one. And if I have, I wouldn't know the fucking difference. Right. Anything else? That's all we got, as far as I know. Well, sorry I couldn't help more. Same. Jesse reaches out for a handshake. He holds out his hand and shakes hers. Wish you the best of luck. You as well. They turn and leave. As do we. Oh, that's slightly concerning. Luciana slides out of your pocket and sits on the shoulder, angrily twittering at the Dracula parrot. Oh, darling, it's okay. It's okay. Concerning in more ways than one. The heart. Our beloved stone. He looks up and holds the crystal, puts it up to his eye and starts... Looking around. Keep that in close proximity. Hey, relax. It's okay. Maybe for some other folk that are looking for... It's okay. All right. Jesse, you see something that isn't there. Well, it's nice of you to finally join us. What? What do you... Waylon's just looking at Jesse, looking around. It's okay. He's looking over to where they were. Can you help us? Shade. They don't respond. You feel... On your shoulder, a tap. Just a single finger. And then you feel them pass by you and start walking. You ready? Sure, Jesse, let's go. I've no idea what you're talking about, but sure. I saw shade. I'm aware of that. Am I ready for what? To move? Following your lead. Let's go. Gesture for him to lead the way because I have no idea where I'm going. Jesse looks out to the roads. Is Hawthorne and Charles and some folks coming back and forth to start fixing up the ship? Those who have had a little bit of sleep and are awake enough to actually make cognitive decisions are doing the best they can. (laughs) I think they'll be predisposed for a while, so we should be okay. Come on. And he looks through the stone again. I follow after. You look through the stone and you see shade, but you don't see them as they were. Uh Uh-huh. What do I see them as? A tiny version of them. Their skin looks like it's made of iron. They have four pairs of silvery wings. Four pairs? Four pairs. Jesus Christ. They dart and flit almost as fast as Luciana does when she's rest flying. Interesting. Shade 
looks at you through the lens, shimmers, and tries to change form, but you see the brief image of it, but not through the lens. Do I see Shade sort of blink into existence for a hot minute? Yeah, you see Shade pass by a tree as they're walking away. Just continues to watch through the lens. They are flitting past people around objects. They're trying to lead you away from where all of the people are into the jungle. Sure, yeah. As we're walking, I'm moving Jesse around people. I'm guiding him so he doesn't run into anybody. And eventually you get led into the, I'd say the back alleys, but it's all jungle back here. And it's mostly mangroves and swampland. Once all of the people are gone away from prying eyes, Shade's body turns around and faces you and they appear in front of you, Wayland. But Jesse, through the lens, they don't change. Your other eye sees Shade, the full-bodied Shade, but through the lens, you see the small fairy. You, uh, what are you? I am the king of the Telwithtig. Can you do me a huge favor? Can you spell that real quick? T-E-L apostrophe W-Y-T-H apostrophe T-A-E-G. I apologize. I meant no disrespect. I was going to say this anyway, regardless of your status. I am deeply and truly sorry. About before, I made the presumption that there was a banter back and forth between us. I took that too far. It was not meant in any seriousness, and I understand my lapse in judgment, and I am truly, honestly sorry. And he bows his head deeply. I hope you can forgive me. Thrice you have said, and so it is done. Unto you is forgiveness one. Now. Shade brings out one of the skulls, the skull bead. Yeah. Which, Wayland, you have yours, and Jesse, you have yours, which means this was Identicumbo's. They are holding it in their hands. What is going on with all of this, and how can we be of assistance? Because this is wrong, and I apologize for stating the obvious. You humans and your apologies. You cannot change what has already been done. And apologies are just empty words without action. But because of your sincerity, and that you have kept your promise, I will tell you the reason why I came to Makaro. And they look down at the skull in their hand, and look back up at you. The way to Bryn Brisail has been shut for some time. There is a gate here, and I intend to open it. That explains a lot. Uh, right, oh, it definitely explains a whole lot. What the fuck is going on? Uh, you go or should I go? I just want someone to go. The fuck is going on? Sorry, oh my goodness. I, I, mm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Jesse. I... Jesse puts his finger on Waylon's mouth, mm-hmm. and it slowly crawls down the lip, mm. around the chin, right. and, and is off. Yeah. Shh. I am having dramatic clarity. One moment. Ah, <clears throat> uh, wait. That... Mm, nope. Mm. I was mistaken. Am I asleep? Am I still out of it? No. You're awake, Captain. Well, I wish I weren't. Mm. I'd love a bit of context. So, um, Brimbersale would be the land of the Fae. Right, so you're, you're Fae. He points to Shade. Shade nods. Great. Um, <clears throat> did you know that, Villain? 
I was made aware. Uh, yes, it is. And you didn't think it was wise to tell me? Well, the sequence of events followed as such. I was made aware of the fact, which is why I slept in, quote unquote. Jesse looks back to Shade. You're the reason why my master at arms was late. Okay, please respect, please. It all happened for very good reasons, and I will explain that later. A lot of things happened in rapid succession, including... A red ghost and that whole debacle. A storm was called Coco, Kapanagwe, all of that happened, and then you fell unconscious. And now we're here. It's been a day. You're telling me. Been a day for you, has it? I and he just looks at Jesse. Great. So Jesse looks back over to Shade. The home of the Fae. Please continue. Shade here is King of the Telwith Take, which are proud warrior race of the Fae. It appears that certain individuals outside of Avalon, I can assume, wherever, are hunting members of the Telwith Take to, as far as I can gather, assume power of some sort. Can we simplify this? I have a bit of a headache. Shay's ever-present smile has only been growing wider as they watch Jesse and Wayland bicker back and forth. As soon as the camera turns to them, they chuckle, turn around, motion for them to follow. Walk and talk, gentlefolk. There's not a moment more to waste. I shall explain as we go, yes? Now, you've read the poem? Our bones are not steel. They are iron. However, there is no word in your tongue that rhymes with iron, and so they chose steel. I can already feel the incredulous look that Master Greywall is giving me, so I will clarify. Our bodies have evolved in order to better protect ourselves from beings that have more power than us. Beings such as queens of the Fae. You humans have caught on to this. And so... As if we are livestock to you, have begun gathering our bones and using them as relics or decoration to protect yourselves from magic. It's all par for the course, I guess. Does this insinuate that the Fae play golf? What the fuck did I just miss? They just said that's par for the course. Oh god. I love it. It is canon. The Faye invented golf. That's so funny. I mean, golf was originated in the Highlands, so it makes sense. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Uh, I love every single moment of it. I would very much like to try and stop that from happening, Captain. Or at least do our best. You're not suggesting we go to Avalon, right? Not necessarily. That's a bit a ways away. What I'm saying is that it seems that our paths have crossed very serendipitously, considering that we had an individual that tried to burn down the bucket of blood and murder us both in cold blood while using these powers that they have attained by murdering Shade's kind. There are some common interests, and I think it would behoove us as we are continuing on our journey, which I imagine might lead us to, I mean, I hate to say it, the heart of the problem. Lead us out to there? Shade holds up their hand. That will not be necessary. You are not beholden to me or my kin. What you do after I depart 
is your business entirely. All I require is for you to see me safely to the gate. That will be all. We can do that. Understood. You follow Shade, and they actually maneuver their way so that you're on solid ground the entire time. Will you be able to help us? Help you? I... What? He looks down at the stone, looks down at Luciana in his pocket, looks to Wayland. And they fly up closer to you. Luciana just starts to puff up and gets really aggressive. Jesse lets her. Shade actually flits backwards a little bit and says, My apologies. I mean them no harm. Wayland is awestruck. Looks at Lucy and looks back to Shade and looks at Lucy and looks back to Shade. Luciana flits her head up very regally and nods her head at Shade and then fluffs up a little bit. And Shade bows again and comes closer. Wayland bows to Shade and then looks at Luciana confused and slightly bows to Luciana, tilts his head at her and... I am interested to learn where you found the Heart of Matters. The Heart of Matters? What? What you hold in your hand. What is it that I hold? What is this? <laughs> it is truth. You saw me for what I am, truly. He looks down at Luciana. Yes. I take it you've seen her as well? Is she not a hummingbird? She is. However, she is also a spirit. Don't we all have spirits? We do. Well, you do. What do you mean? We Faye do not. Is she Faye as well? (laughs) Shade makes that face of like, oh my god, I can't believe you said that in front of her. (laughs) What? 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 what, I'm I'm sorry. They laugh into their hand and then look up at you and wave their hand at you and say, It's a common mistake. Common misconception. Yep. Right. Common, obviously. (laughs) My mistake. She is more like the Rahuri. She carries an ancestor with her. For those listening, Evan and Patrick are making the best faces right now. Patrick has wheeled away from his desk and is holding his hands on top of his head in disbelief and awe. Evan seems to be in shock. (laughs) Now Evan has put his hands on top of his head. Processing. Currently processing. Uh, Wow. Oh, my. Okay. Luciana just pokes her little head up and tweets. Gives her a little scritch in the head. Oh, she loves that. (laughs) Um, the heart of matters, eh? Reveals the truth of things. In what sense? It removes any, and forgive the phrase, veil or glamour that hides a thing. The heart of matters can see the truth of all things, at least magically. If there is a magic binding, it is unbroken, the heart of matters. For example, I was using a glamour to disguise myself as a human. You clearly saw through that. And although I did try to shift forms while you were looking at me through the lens of the heart of matters, it will not work because the heart knows the truth. We will be very careful with that. I would. And he places it back in his pocket. Sorry about that. Well, left to me by my mother along with this note and he hands it over to Shade. They take it. It's huge to them. 
they flit back and forth reading the script and then they touch their hand to the paper and there's a shimmer that runs through and they can now see the map. Clever. What sort of magic hit it, if I may ask? Glamour. Like our... Yes. Really? A very minor glamour, but glamour nonetheless. Hmm. Interesting. More to the point. I think I know what you're looking for. Oh. They take out their sword, which to them is large and to you guys is a toothpick. Would not underestimate it. <laughs> they take the tip of the sword and begin to draw a line through the largest of the islands and then a small X. There. What is it? They led you to Makaro. There's only really one reason to be here. The heart of Makaro. And I'm not talking about the drink. And Waylon, still holding the drink. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, this island is famous for its Makara, the creatures that you have seen. Right. The Ruri have lived here for hundreds and hundreds of years, doing their diligent duty of being the harbingers of sea monsters. That's their job here. I see this is news to both of you, as you are both giving me surprised looks. I... yeah? The Ruri once lived on that peninsula, and they have since left and made a deal to tend the seas in order for freedom. Now, they take that job very seriously, to the point where their ancestors follow them to do this job. The Rahuri here, as you've noticed, do not kill the Makara, do not harvest them like other Rahuri do with other creatures. They live in harmony with the Makara, and as all sea creatures go, there is always something bigger. There's always a bigger fish. Indeed. You'll find that bigger fish at the X, and I suggest you keep that stone very close. It is the only way you're going to see it. Great. We appreciate the help. You guys head to the burial ground, to the Naked Eye. It's just a grove, shade flits over and alights on the ground and places the skull on a small little pebble and brushes off the moss that has grown on it and points to a pebble there and a pebble over there. I'll not delay their rest any longer. Take out my skull and I will hold it out. And as you approach, you see that the pebbles are not pebbles. They are mounds of skulls. Jesse pulls his little iron skull out and places it down. Luciana flits out of your pocket and flies to land next to Shade. And Shade looks and nods. Shade's wings lower and they sit on the ground, their knees folded beneath them and their hands outstretched towards the sun. Luciana bows her head and they start speaking in a language you cannot fucking understand. Bows his head and pulls his head off. Wayland will also bow. He nudges Wayland. Take your head. Yeah. Just making sure. I don't really understand. I'm just, uh, yeah, you're doing a good job. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree, because I have a massive headache. We'll take care of that. I would really like that. Yeah. Mm. And he focuses back and puts his head back down. Shade stops speaking and stands up. 
and looks over to Luciana and bows deeply. Luciana then lowers her head and flies back over to Jesse's shoulder. Shade then looks up at both of you and gestures to themselves from top to bottom and in the blink of your eyes, Shade is the human form of themselves and they bow deeply to both of you. Now, payment is owed for safe passage. Aye, that was the agreed upon job we had taken. I will give you an option. Lots of those lately. All right. You've been more than accommodating. You've ferried me across the sea safely and in record time. I can give you a sum worthy of the task or I can owe you a favor. Evan, should we head back to the writer's room? We can head into the writer's room. Let's go into the writer's room. Mechanically, would love to go over what a favor from the Fae means. I don't really think there is. There's a written thing. Oh, is there? Hold up, Patrick. All right, the Fae. What is this in? It's in Nations of Thea, volume one. Oh, Avalon, chapter one. What page is this? 29. The goodly folk. Oh, I love them. All right, so going over what a favor from the Fae means, otherwise known as the She. A hero may earn favor with the She in the following. Oh, yeah. Um, we earn, potentially have earned favor with the Fae. This is technically kind of like a secret society. <gasps> oh, that's cool. I was actually talking about a literal narrative favor. Oh, um, Oh. But I like this instead, because this can be used not just with shade, but through the she, which is amazing. A hero may spend favor with his she benefactor for the following rewards. For four favor, it can grant a single rank in one major and two minor glamours to a hero, even if they do not have the sorcery advantage. The hero picks it and... They do suffer a geysa, so then you'd have to basically repent for it because it's a give and take for two favor. You can get a secret. The secret is anything the she could reasonably know or find out about a situation, person, or another she. She have ways of finding out people's secrets easier than others, but that does not make them all knowing. And three favor can temporarily access a she artifact. A hero is expected to return the artifact within a week's time, regardless if he accomplishes his mission. If he does not, he is likely to incur the wrath of the sheep. Yeah, this is this is no fucking joke, man. Wow. Damn, that's cool. You know what? Fuck it. I think it's cool. You can either choose the actual narrative favor, or you get wealth and secret society favor. Oh, no. God damn it. The narrative favor you can ask is super ridiculously powerful. Oh man. It's a fucking summit from Final Fantasy. It's a big one-time use thing. <laughs> or you could get money and these smaller favors. Which is still no joke. It's still fucking ridiculous. Fucking that big favor though is, is really big. That's real big. Favor. Evan. We got a crew to pay. We got a crew to pay. Yeah. As badly as I would love to come back and tell everybody, we got a favor. You're going to see the silhouette of the rose and just like two bodies just 
Oh, I want it. I want it so bad, but we have a crew to pay. This is not the last that we will see of Shade. I'm just going to make that canon right now. Sure. Shade will be a recurring character. We have stories. Mm-hmm. You want to see it happen, make it a story step. And that will give us opportunity to earn more favor currency. So I'm putting my feathered hat into the ring of wealth and fake currency. I am. I'm going to throw my straw hat in there as well. All right. And I'm going to pick it back up because it's mine. <laughs> so... Jesse, if you would update your ship's treasury to have six wealth in it. <laughs> so, does the wealth that I had, does that go away? Right now, yes, because you've made port and you actually need wealth to return. Before the six, you're going to use half of whatever you have. So, currently on my sheet, Jesse has one, the ship has three. The ship is going to go down to one, and then with this six, you're going to go back up to seven. Beautiful. We love it. We love it. Great. It's a good number. And then we have five points of favor with the fate, right? Yes, you do. Five points of favor with the tell with tag. Each or individually? I think individually you both have five. Each? Yes. Ooh, you are. I love you. Whoa. I love you so much. Okay. You say that now. I know. I mean, Zoe, I never stop loving you. Let's be real. You too, Evan. Do I have to balance this out by saying I hate you guys? (laughs) Because I don't want to do that because it's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you say it's a lie, then I think you can go ahead and say it to balance it out. Okay, I love you guys. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I hate you. Whatever. That's exactly why we decided to start a podcast together, because we hate each other. Because we loathe each other entirely. Mm -hmm. All right. Can we leave the writer's room now? Oh, but it's so comfy, Zoe. I know it is. I know I got new cushions. The curtains are new, too. Yeah, well, I needed to use them to put it out of fire, so. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one before. All right, yeah, we can go. What is your choice? We do need to pay our crew. We have people to take care of. Hmm. I know what that is like. Thank you. Master Shade. Thank you, Shade. Merry meet, merry part, and perhaps merry meet again. Are they human form? Yes, they are. Jesse reaches his hand out. Shade looks at it quizzically, almost as if they're trying to remember what that gesture means. Please. And then it dawns on them, and they reach out their hand. Jesse clasps his other hand, shakes, and let's go. Shade then offers their hand to Wayland. Wayland is a little taken aback, but gladly takes it. You hear in your head as Shade is shaking your hand a little rigidly, because again, it's, it's a human thing, not a fey thing. Watch that one. Something clicks in Wayland's head. Then they nod and let go. They take their hands and crouch down on the ground and touch the moss and all of a sudden the moss lights up as the camera's panning up and seeing exactly what's happening lights shoot all around the burial ground there are three rings that are illuminated and a triskelion is forming out of the moss out of this light and it's engulfing all of the skulls and they vanish and shade stands up 
backs up into the three rings. And as they do, their human form fades away and they're left as the fairy form. And when they hit the center, they unsheathe their sword, salute, and then the lights brighten to the point of blinding. The camera sees what Waylon sees, which is blinding whiteness. And then there's a form standing before them. It's the mantle of Paga being passed back to you. You feel the weight of it on your shoulders again, almost as if it's an actual mantle. Waylon's eyes flash as that is happening, and that magic literally starts coursing through his veins once more. And then they're gone. All the skulls are gone. All the lights are gone. There's nothing there. And you're left alone in the woods. Made some interesting friends. I don't know if friends is the right word to use. Thinking back to his previous conversation with Shade. But, perchance, uh, ally of sorts. Master Greywell. Captain Nakansa. Let's get back to town. Sounds good. He turns. There is a treasure chest behind you. It's large, larger than the one Miguel gave you, and it's full of gold and silver and looks very heavy. <laughs> uh, never underestimate the Fae, Jesse. All right. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you got it. Need not say more. I'll carry that. Yeah. No, yeah. 100%. And you guys head back to the Rose. By this time, it is mid-afternoon, because Faye and time are weird. Mm -hmm. Charles is the only one that I know of that likes sweet things on the ship. Yeah? Jesse likes sweet stuff. The fruit thing is exclusively yours. Charles likes cloyingly sweet things, like chocolates and candies, and not necessarily sweet fruits. Okay. Jesse grew up in Argosta. All sorts of shit comes through there. And, I mean, when I created him, part of his concept is that he just appreciates all of life. So he will never see anyone enjoy food or a nice drink or the breeze as much as your captain. Because he appreciates what it couldn't be. Yeah, let's get some more drinks on the way back because that shit was tasty. Shit was fire. I'll get one for Charles just for the fuck of it. Fuck it, get one for the whole crew. Yeah, I mean, I'll just be like, hey, you got a bigger container. Can we get a to-go box? Can you laugh? <laughs> yeah. And whistles and a couple of other vendors help and bring drinks to the crew. Mama Coco is up and about, taking it slow, but she's sitting at her favorite spot, which is sitting in her spot fishing like she normally does, except... This time, it's not a hook at the end of hers. It's a carrot. And she's playing with the Makara. That's so cute. That's cute. She's got a bucket of carrots next to her. The only person that is not around is Cosette. Mm. Understood. And if you ask anybody, she has not left her room. Jesse's gonna hobble his way up to Cosette's quarters. Her door's closed. Her window's broken, though, so... I've passed out all the drinks to the crew... You just have Cosette's drink now? Yeah. He knocks on her door. There's no answer. Cosette, we have a nice drink for you. No answer. Test the door. It's unlocked. 
Jesse's gonna slide open the door very quietly and take a peek in. You open the door and bumps up against the bookshelf, which you remember being chained to the wall so that it wouldn't do this. Oh no. And as you're forcing it a little bit, there are ledgers all over the floor. There are papers that are scattered and there are loose coins. Every time the ship kind of moves, like you can hear them sliding on the floor. And you see her at her desk. Her desk is facing the far back wall. It is a very, very fine, beautiful desk. This is Montaigne Rococo style. Every single bit of it is filigreed and gorgeous. And she's sitting at her desk, writing. You can see the quill in her hand, and you see her spectacles up on the little stand there. You always remember her hair being in really intricate, really complex, beautiful braids. It's not. She actually has ridiculously long hair. It's on the floor. She's got her head in her other hand as she's writing. It's almost as if she doesn't even hear you enter. Uh, Miss Mirceau? Oui. It's nice to see you. The quill stops writing for a second, taps a couple of times on the paper. You sound better. Are you all right now? I'd be lying if I said I was all right. But you holding up okay? She runs her hand through her hair and sighs. I am fine. Do you have business? He looks over to Wayland. Wayland's kind of staring at the floor. He's not really saying anything. We have business that can be attended to later. Um, he motions to Wayland for the drink. Wayland hands it to him without looking. And he hobbles his way over with that, and he puts his hand on the back of her chair and places it down on her desk. The quill stops moving. She stops moving. Qu'est-ce que c'est, Capitaine? The beginning of an apology. For what? You have not wronged me. She taps the quill a couple of times. If anything, I am the one who is to apologize. I drew a gun on my captain. He moves the hand from the back of her chair onto her back. My dear, I I do not remember that. Of course. Je suis désolé. I'm sorry. You are and have always been the greatest help on this ship. And I can't thank you enough for that. Gazette lays the quill down. I mean it. You have nothing to apologize for. And folds her small hands in her lap. One of them is bandaged heavily. Jessie, I need to apologize for keeping secrets. <laughs> Gazette, look at me, darling. She keeps nervously rubbing the bandage where she cut her hand. Jesse puts his hand on the back of her chair and kind of slumps down onto his knees. Now that you are looking at her face, you see the tear tracks. You see the red puffiness of her cheeks. She's lacrimose. She's trying very hard not to cry right now. Look at me, darling. She eventually does. Jesse, I should have told you that I that I was a sorcier from the very beginning. Perhaps then I could have spared 
He puts his arms onto her sides and lifts her up out of her chair because she is so very little and pulls her in for a very deep, warm hug. At first, she holds her hands very close to her chest and isn't quite sure what to make of the hug, but she just begins to weep openly. She doesn't try to hide it. As she cries, he looks to Wayland and smiles and in her ear softly says, My dear, (laughs) we are pirates. We hold secrets. It's okay. Wayland is currently digging his nails into his arm, doing his best not to draw blood. Cassette tries to speak, but is too overwhelmed with emotion right now. So she just cries. Inconsolable. And you notice that her leg is on the bed. Oh, man. Wayland, it's actually dirty. The blunderbuss, it needs some repair. Yeah. Wayland's going to do his best to try and push the shelf back up to where it was as Jesse and Kazette are having that moment is going to take the initiative to start picking up things and at least, if not exactly where they were, at least putting them in a place where she can easily get to them and reorganize them to where she wants them. Point of note, nothing is higher than five feet in this room. Hmm. Incredible. There are no tall shelves. How high is the ceiling? (laughs) The ceiling is as high as it normally is. Okay. Everything here is within reach of her. She's only 4'11", so... She's so little. She's very tiny. She's very small. Eventually, she calms down and opens her eyes and sees that Wayland is trying to write things. Oh, désolé. I lost my temper, and unfortunately, the bookshelf was in my way. I won't make him do too much. Don't worry. Monsieur Grewal, there's a system that I go by, and it would just be best if you just... Yeah, Wayland. Oh, I know. I'm putting things where they can be reorganized because I am sure I am not the person to put it back in the system. <sighs> Merci, Waylon. Thank you. Have a sip of that drink. I think you'd like it. I'm sure you can do with some of the, the sugar as well. You set her back down. Yeah, yes, definitely. He helps her. She takes a drink. She's delighted by the taste of it and holds it in her lap. Do you sit on the bed, Jesse, or are you still crouched with her? Um... He's having a hard time getting up, so probably still crouched. He puts his hand on the back of the chair and goes to lift himself back up. struggles for a second and then eventually stands up. Jesse, as much as I would like to say I would catch you if you fall, I I cannot. um, Please, have a seat. Thank you. It's been a long day. He sits down on the bed. It's super ridiculous ridiculously plush. <laughs> you sit and then you sink and then it's like, oh, maybe I'll eventually stop si- I'm not I'm not stopping. What when is it going to stop? Uh, it'll stop when uh Ursa's in my face. <laughs> <laughs> She's holding her coconut and like fiddling with the fibers and eventually she clears her throat and looks up at the both of you. You caught me in the middle of writing a Manifest of sorts. I have called it the Magus Manifest to keep track of the sorcery on the ship. Not only for our benefit, but to prevent surprises along the way. If we know everything there is to know about each other's potential dangerous or otherworldly gifts, then all the better. We? 
if I knew that Capitin Agui, as he is called, works off of the Chatya, I could have done a better job preventing the miscommunication that happened and perhaps prevented some other things as well. So there should be a meeting in the morning when we are all rested and ready. Oui? Miss Cosette, I think that is a wonderful idea. Agreed. <clears throat> Cosette. Oui? I'd be happy to take a look at your blunderbuss and get it all polished up and fixed for you. I also want to apologize. If anyone has wronged anyone, I have wronged you. None. Everything has its cost. As much as I would give any part of me for this crew, for all of you, I will keep what you said in mind for the future. Powers like ours have a price. Keep in mind that you are not the only one paying it. And also my father would be disgusted that someone is touching my leg. <laughs> if you would like me to leave it alone, I can certainly leave you to it. I will offer you any of my tools. Monsieur Greywall, I believe my title is Mistress of Coin, not Mistress of Arms. Oui? <laughs> oui. You may take it now. I have delayed long enough. I must attend to Monsieur Radford to make sure that he has made all of the appropriate purchases. And check on our treasury to make sure it is not empty. You will have it back within the hour. Shall I keep time, then? Because that points to an hourglass that is on her desk. When should I stop? As the camera is panning out of Cosette's room, we don't hear what they're saying anymore, but she's talking to Wayland, and Wayland is laughing and talking back to her, and she's laughing, and Jesse slowly becoming... <laughs> slowly becoming part of the fantasy <laughs> Cozy, sipping his drink, hands in a face... And a little Lucy, his hat is just on the pillow while his head just disappeared. <laughs> As that's happening, we pan out into Macaro, into the market. And that pirate with the Dracula parrot is sitting at a table looking over this map and looking over some notes in a notebook. And one person comes to his left, the other side of the parrot, whispers in his ear. The guy perks up, talks to him gesturing size with his hands thing that you guys were using the stone oh god damn it okay he like stops what he's doing leans backwards and smiles and the parrot is like screeching and he scritches it and we pan away from that scene into darkness ah uh, yes Things are not as easy or as simple as they seem. Things are about to get a bit more lively around here, but we'll have to see what happens next time. By the way, I wanted to thank you for all of your questions. I'll have that notes with the narrator up as soon as I finish transcribing all of the many, many queries. And if you continue to have questions, please feel free to ask. And as always, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Be safe and well. <laughs>